0: Hello everyone, welcome to the show, Fibromyalgia Real Solutions with Amanda Love. And I'm a registered holistic nutritionist who works with us with fibromyalgia. And today's guest is Karina. So Karina, welcome to the show. Thank you for uh, having me, Amanda. It's great to be here. So I wanna hear, because you're a fibromyalgia person and you're in Greece. So tell us your journey with your fibromyalgia.
1: <laughs> you ready for a story? Yeah, I love stories. <laughs> you got a glass of wine. Okay. <laughs> um, so it started about 15 years ago, but I wasn't diagnosed until 10 years ago. I'm from the UK, as you can tell from my accent, um, but I live in Corfu, Greece. Um, the first thing that happened was while I was pregnant, I got these really bad pains on my pelvis. And, um, by the time before I had, uh, my, it was my second child before I had her, I was actually in a wheelchair. I couldn't walk. And of course they couldn't give me really strong painkillers because I was pregnant. And, and so I was in absolute agony and they said it was because of the diaphragm had opened up uh-huh. the bones and it left a gap and that caused it to hurt when I walked that's what they said and I, I saw an x-ray and what have you and, and after I had her um, uh, I assumed the pain would go away. It got milder and then uh, it came back with full force uh, a few months later. Um, I went to um, a private uh, physiotherapist who apparently knew all about this condition and was a miracle worker. After one month, she gave up on me. Sorry, I can't do anything for you. Mm -hmm. So so it wasn't what you thought it was then, was it? No, I'm sorry, we don't know what it is. Okay, and this was physio, this was massage, this was everything, and it was private, and it's really, really expensive. So many things are private over here, it's terrible. So so they gave up on me, and then I got a, a frozen shoulder, which is pain in my, was it my left or my right? And I had heat therapy, ice therapy, radio therapy, um, and physiotherapy. And after two months, he gave up on me. My pain came back on my legs uh, just before he gave up on me. And I was like, because I said to him, I said, well, my shoulder's no better. I said, now I'm having pains on my my uh, my hips and my uh, top of my legs. And he was like, you know, you've got to see someone else. You've got to see a specialist or whatever. So that, those two gave <laughs> up. Um, it was actually my best friend in the UK that diagnosed me with fibromyalgia because he <laughs> suffered from it. And he recognized all the symptoms because of course, it's not just the pain, it's the the fibro uh, fog. It's um, being hot and cold. It's the depression. It's no sleeping. It's feeling tired and having no energy to do anything. And so he recognized all the symptoms and he said, sounds to me like you've got fibromyalgia. And so um, I did all my research before I even went and saw a rheumatologist. We didn't have one at the hospital, so again we had to go private. And um, I went with uh, to see her, even though I knew what it was. Um, and she examined me, and she touched the the triggers, uh, tender points. Yes, yeah. and this wasn't where I was having the pain. So when she touched me, and I screamed. Yeah, I had no idea. I had pain there, and she just right. looked at me and went straight away. You've got fibromyalgia, and even though she spoke English, I left there after an hour, scared, um, not knowing my future, not knowing what was going to happen next, and loads of um, prescriptions for pills. All right. Um, I, I joined uh, clubs on Facebook. I did my own research, and I found out what fibromyalgia was all about. Um, because she didn't tell you? Yes. No. She just told me I had it, and, yeah. and that was it. You know, there's there's no reason why you had it. There's nothing you did wrong. It just happens, unfortunately, to some people. Problem was, I'm type one diabetic, and I had thyroid problems. Before fibromyalgia, yeah. So I already had serious health conditions before this one hit. And um, she started me on Lyrica, and I went back to her and I said, "I can't do this." I said, "It's making me out to be a zombie. I'm just walking out like a zombie." It's. It's me good free. that you spoke up. She hated it. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what she did? She sat out. She got out of a chair. She put me in her chair. She said, So you think you're the doctor now? You think oh you know God. how to treat you better than I do? Of course, Amanda, I never went back. has After being treated like that. That's horrid. I was bawling.
0: I, I, I was so crying.
1: upset. I was so upset. My husband oh my was God. just like gobsmacked. Um, oh, so wow. of course we never went back. And so, but she was the only one we knew that treated fibromyalgia. So then we had to think about the individual problems that come with fibro because there's not a special magical pill. So you've got medication for every single symptom. Right. Right. So I went to see a neurologist. I went to see a psychologist. Um, I had my diabetic doctor. I had a fantastic team at the hospital. No payment fantastic team looking after me trying all these different medications see which ones worked which ones didn't right every year since then something else has gone on to make my list of health symptoms longer right um so yeah so I was given up on many doctors just give up on me just couldn't help me didn't want to know Um, Then I was accused of being like, um, thinking I knew it all. And uh, I was a doctor better than her. And yeah, so that was really shocking. Um, Well,
0: at least you're speaking up for yourself. Yeah, but she didn't like that. Most, uh, Most people don't even speak up for themselves and then they just continue going to that doctor. I see. Even though I knew she was
1: the only one in the whole of the island, I wouldn't go back after that and she was pushing me to take the Lyrica in other words she was getting paid for this medication to push it onto her patients right and it made me sick and it made me feel like a zombie I refused to take it she wasn't happy about that you know so we didn't have a good relationship me and my rheumatologist she was um I miss know it all and not someone that went to conferences to keep up to date with stuff. You know, she, she'd learned, she knew what she was doing and she should just carry on doing that with the rest of her patients. You know Um, she didn't want to know about any new treatments or anything that I'd learned about fibro. She didn't want to hear. Um you so,
0: need a doctor that is open to learning.
1: Yeah. You need someone who's going to keep yeah. up with with what's going on with the new medications that are coming out with new um, uh, um, natural ways of uh, of, that can help you right Um, but she wasn't one of them so so that was a no-no so um, so the the worst thing about all this is that because I was, I had bad health anyway and I was struggling and then this happened so you get depression anyway with your diabetes. Um, I was taking like five injections a day I slam with my diabetes and it's uh, totally out of control. Um, so so it's, it was really tough for me to, to um, accept fibro and understand what was going to happen or what was happening and what I got you know for the future to think about but what FIBO does it it takes away it can it basically ruins your life it takes away everything that you would normally do as a family um, with your husband as a mother Um, it it takes it away because you can no longer do those things that come natural to everybody else I could no longer look after my kids like I wanted to they looked after me which was wrong right um, my husband was doing all of the housework which I should have been doing because that was my job as a as a wife and a, a housewife and I couldn't do it because uh, of pain and and so many other things why why I couldn't do it uh, burning stuff in the oven because I forgot It was in there because of FibroFrog, Um, memory being so, so bad, uh, not remembering what happened the day before, let alone what happened in my childhood. That's just, my childhood's gone. I don't remember any of my childhood. It's just, it's disappeared completely. Um, But the thing that was the most upsetting for me at the time was my friend's because we, we were a small group of English girls on the island. and We look after one another. And right. when someone's sick, we look after them. We make sure they're okay. We raise money if they need it and blah, blah, blah. And when I was diagnosed and I was very, very open about it, I would do live Facebook um, videos of me lying on the couch in right. agony and letting people know what I'm going through and what fibro was all about. And I had so many people that I'd never met sympathize and were there for me where I was told by people that were my so-called friends that I was, it was too much. I was, um, all I was ever talking about with my fibro, blah, blah, blah. Um, in the end, the phone call stopped, the messages stopped, the invites coming out for Dinner and wine and cheese, like we used to do every week, stopped, and they abandoned me. All these people that I'd been with for so long and had helped them with their problems when I needed them, they abandoned me.
0: Yeah, I think it. I think when fibromyalgia teaches you who your real people in your life are, it
1: really does. It really does, and um, that was so upsetting for me and I sort of hibernated inside the house for five years um, until I until I started um, and I've never gotten over it if I see them if I see one of them in the supermarket I'll go to the other side of the the other side of the aisle I can't face them after the way I was treated and when you Even after all this time, you think you think you'd get over it, but when you when you really need someone and they're not there, and you're having to go through all of this by yourself, even though yeah. don't get me wrong, I've got the most amazing family. My girls are absolutely amazing. My husband is. I couldn't wish for a better family but right you know when you you class yourself as having friends and they go and do that to you and yes it's really, really, hurtful, really hurtful so <clears throat> okay oh, moving on <laughs> um so I was, uh, every, every year I was given more health problems to cope with while I was going through the fibro. Yeah. Um, the worst thing for me is the insomnia. Um, it's got to the stage where I can go 74 hours now without sleep.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's horrible.
1: And I'm like a walking zombie.
0: Yeah. And um, if you, I always tell people, if you don't have your sleep, then you can't do anything else. And it it amplifies the pain, it amplifies, you have no energy, you can't focus, you can't do anything.
1: Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's been over 10 years now, my body's used to it and my body's used to not getting any sleep, which is a horrible thing to say, but it is. And, uh, you know, I'm wide awake during the, the day, I'm wide awake at night, I might finally crash for a couple of hours from six, six to eight or whatever um but you know as a as a sufferer that you don't actually sleep anyway even when you're sleeping you don't have a proper full night's sleep because when you get to REM4 your your mind wakes up again it doesn't you don't dream when you when when you have fibromyalgia you don't dream anymore Um, so even when you're sleeping you're not sleeping but I didn't realize that the insomnia was actually going, getting so bad that it was causing these other uh, mental problems. Uh, I'll call them mental problems. I didn't realize that that happened, and I was at my neurologist, and we were going through stuff. And I just mentioned, I said, I need to tell you what's been happening to me. Um, one thing was when I would be walking around the supermarket and I would black out, yeah. my mind would go totally black. It would only last for like one or two seconds, right. and then I'd be back. Yeah. But it was absolutely terrifying because you felt like you were going to collapse. You know, Yeah. you were there one minute, and then you weren't. And then, so my diabetic doctor said it was diabetes, low sugar. So of course I carried my tester with me everywhere I went, and any time it happened, I did a test, and my sugar levels were fine. Mm-hmm. So why was this happening? And it was ha- I was getting these flashes like I don't know I fla- I call them flash blackouts because it was only like for a second when I was out on my bike, when I was out shopping, and it was got to a stage where it was terrifying. I didn't want to be away by myself anywhere on my own. So I took anywhere I went, had one of my daughters go with me. Right. And uh, another thing that was happening is, uh, which my family found funny, but we didn't realize at the time what was causing it, is we'd be talking and I would answer them, but I would answer them saying something totally different of what they were talking about. Yeah. So look at me. And then I think, I think to myself, where did that come from? Uh-huh. You know, and that went on for for months, and the blackouts went out for months until I accidentally mentioned it to my my neurologist. And he said, You know, that's caused from your insomnia. And I went, How is how is it? It's because you're not sleeping. You're not you're not
0: resting enough and it's affecting your 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 brain is affecting... Yeah. yeah. If you uh, you don't get your sleep, then everything just sort of goes downhill.
1: I didn't know because I've been suffering from it, from insomnia, without these two extra things that hit me uh, for years. So I didn't know how bad it could get until those things happened. So, of course, then I went to see a specialist and I had one of those little caps on, plastic caps with the wires Uh, EGG I think it's called yeah and so he said I lay down just relax keep your eyes open and just relax and he did you know the reading and he said to me can you blink and I'd blink and he says to me are you feeling tired I went no I'd be laying there and I'd be thinking about stuff and at the end of the test and I think it was about 45 minutes he said it's inconclusive I want you to go home. I want you to sleep. And I want you to be back here in two days. And I was like, yes, but I don't sleep. So how can I sleep? (laughs) So I did try. I really did try to sleep, but I couldn't. So anyway, I went back there. I did the test. Exactly the same result came. He, he, He called us in. Exactly the same result. He called us in and he says, he showed us this line that was hardly moving
0: right
1: he says you're awake and your brain is sleeping oh. i said how can my brain be sleeping i'm laying on the ca- on this bed i'm thinking about what i'm writing for my next new novel because i'm a novelist and yeah. i write books and i'm thinking about what i'm going to write for my next new novel so how can my brain be sleeping there was a proof on the paper right I said, so what do I do now? He says, well, I just do the test. Now you have to take the results back to your neurologist.
0: So is this ring around of going from doctor to doctor?
1: Oh, my God. Ring around and the money because they're all private. Right. It's
0: absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, and the U.S. is the same.
1: So I went to the neurologist with the results. And uh, I said to him, how can this... It just doesn't make sense. I'm walking around and my brain's sleeping. I mean, when I know that I'm thinking things. So I just, I I still don't understand it. I really don't. But um, he started giving me this medication and uh, we tried five, six different things over the years. And what I'm on now is supposed to knock out an elephant and I'm still got insomnia. It's still chronic insomnia. There's no sleep clinics around here, around uh, um, anywhere close by, so I can't do any testings like that. So these, uh, this medication doesn't work and um, it, it, they're supposed to, so there's basically not much more I can do about that. Um, then um, we have... Um, what are we coming up to now? Uh, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I've had uh, acupuncture. That was a waste of time.
0: Yeah, um, I've acupuncture too.
1: Yeah, I've done three lots of physio. All of them a waste of time. Uh, I've been told to go for walks. Yeah, okay. I'll I'll go for a walk <laughs> when I can. When, I want, I'm, when, when I'm walking, if I'm like, I have to go shopping yeah, and I know I'm walking some distance, I have to have my stick. It right. does help me. It does help me. But the thing that makes it worse is if you don't have your stick, you don't look sick. Yeah. And but- so people won't stop for you on the cars on the road and people won't open doors for you when you can't do it yourself because your arm hasn't got the strength to open that door. Yeah. You, they look at you and they they don't fibromyalgia is one of those invisible conditions that nobody sees.
0: Right. And it's
1: I think, having a stick is like validating your ill. Yeah. It's and true. the uh, difference, the difference that you're treated when you're walking around with that stick. Not that I don't need it because I do, but um. It also shows people that, you know, the cars stop for you, they open doors for you, and that's what, of course, the help that I need anyway. So it's it's wrong that it happens like that, but unfortunately, you know, they look at you and, and they see, you know, how you look and how young you look or how pretty you look or how nice you look in that outfit, and they, they right. don't understand what's going through what that person's
0: going through you know um as our society we assume we look at someone when we think they're healthy and I find every single person has some sort of health condition they're dealing with it's not just people with fibromyalgia everyone something little that they might not even be thinking about or they're ignoring it yeah until it gets worse
1: well, I tried doing that after being diagnosed with diabetes, thyroid, and then fibromyalgia. I tried to ignore anything else that happened, anything. Right. I just put everything down to fibromyalgia after, which was wrong because um, I should have gone, as soon as anything started up, I should have gone straight to uh, the the doctors um, down to the clinic um, because of my health being so bad. I now know that if anything didn't happen the day before happens that day then something's wrong and I need to make sure that it's not uh, not in a a dangerous uh, thing or something that can um, turn bad or whatever now I don't mess about with my health but before I tried to ignore things just put it all down to fibromyalgia why not it's about 30 different symptoms anyway
0: (laughs) yeah I think that's our problem in our world as we we put our hug on the back burner and say well i'm gonna take care of it in a year or two or whenever and you know when you yeah, life never life never slows down that's what we need to realize
1: well you you cope with it you you get you get through it and you cope with it and then something's thrown at you again yeah and you deal with that and and everyone's like, "I could never do what you're doing. I could never be as strong as you." And I said, "Yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful that people think I'm strong with everything that I've got going on. Right. Um, but there's only so much strength that a person can have, you right. know.
0: And you need those people around you to support you.
1: I, I've got a like I said, I've got an amazing, amazing family. But I don't go out. I've got one local friend who, who comes around and She's been there from me from the start, even that's when everyone, awesome that you have that everyone walked away. I've got that one yeah. person and she lets me bend her ear off and you know, she lets me cry when I need to. And, right. and she's not a hugger. I and I, I want a hugger, but, but <laughs> she's not a hugger. So um
0: yeah, she just yeah. sit there and you know Yeah, I I I was when you were crying, I was like, oh, I wish I could give you a hug. <laughs> Cause that, I, that that's how I am. <laughs> Like when people are crying or upset, it's just and of course um, you can't do that now with the COVID <laughs> anyway. Oh, <so. laughs> forget that doesn't COVID. help. Or forget get COVID. I honestly, I'm a, over COVID.
1: Um, when um, I have a. Let me just go through because oh, I've wrote these down because I'll never remember them otherwise. So, as I said, every year. I only go to the doctors in the winter because my husband's working in a tourist resort in the summer. And so I only get a chance to see my doctors and catch up and change medications and what have you in the, in the winter months. So every winter there, something happens. So here's, here's (laughs) here's my uh, health list now. So got uh, type one diabetes. Um, I started having carpal tunnel in my wrist. Mm -hmm got nerve damage at the top of my neck, and I've got uh, disintegrated discs in my back. Oh, that's painful. I have, uh, <laughs> I have nerve damage on the right of my leg. I have thyroid. I have uh, uh, chronic IBS. I was actually in hospital three weeks ago over that. I have restless leg syndrome, which if I half an hour late for my pill it actually affects my hands as well and my legs are jumping my hands are jumping it's ridiculous um, I have a dupertrine contracture which is those uh, lumps on your hands which will then make your fingers bend in yeah Yeah, that's another one that came up um, chronic insomnia which is is uh, not um, not going too well and um, pain when I'm walking too much or not even walking too much, just walking around the the village is too much. Um, At the top of my legs, um, severe depression now, memory problems, tiredness. And I also have to use baby shampoo on my hair because any shampoo or conditioner I use leaves me with lumps all over my scalp. And I put that down to fibro because I don't know another name for that condition. And so, and then of course there's this year, what happened this year. Um, So, When I was first diagnosed 10 years ago, I lost my passion for reading. I lost my passion for writing. And uh, being an author, that didn't help. And I used to read like 125 books a year. And um, I, yeah, I was, loved reading. And I just lost my passion because my, I'd look at the page and I couldn't soak in what I was reading and I'd look yeah. at the page again and I'd still be on the same page and nothing was was coming into my head. You know, it was, it was a fibre f- fog basically was stopping me from reading, couldn't concentrate. So that stopped me from writing because I couldn't right. concentrate enough to write anything. So I lost my my two big passions there. But the one thing that I didn't lose was my love for singing. I was a professional singer um, in a rock band um, years ago back in the UK and then I sang in choirs over here and a rock choir over here as well in Corfu and um, my husband works in a karaoke bar in the summer which was perfect because I used to sing and get people in the bar because I could sing people would want to listen and they'd come in and they'd have a drink and and then that you know I'd go over and I'd get them to sing and so I sort of PR in for the bar and I've always uh, loved singing because it gave me so much freedom, right. um, To express myself to just um, I it's just uh, I, I can't really explain it. it just makes me feel free when I sing, whether I, I am singing by myself whether I'm singing in front of an audience, whichever I just really enjoy singing. And then um, last, uh, when was it, beginning before Christmas, I think. I don't know. I can't remember exactly when it was. I started getting um, uh, sore throats and my voice started cracking. Yeah. And um, I was just, we've just finished with the choir, actually. COVID has just... um, Started. really come out yeah. and we said we can't do this anymore now we're going to have to uh, um, look after ourselves and and not be able to meet up so we finished with the rock choir and and so I wasn't singing and um, but I'm a narrator and I do two podcasts and I have my radio show uh-huh. and you know, every month my, my station manager will say, your throat's still bad, isn't it? And I was like, yeah. And so it got to the stage where it was happening too often and I couldn't, didn't matter what syrup I was taking or what medication yeah. I was taking, you know, my throat was always bad. And so I saw a specialist and he gave me the good news that I will never sing again.
0: That's
1: awful. So sorry. He said. He said. That the. The muscles spasms and stuff that we have uh in our body, our problems with the muscles, as the fibromyalgia sufferer, that it's gone to the muscles in the back of my throat and they were tired. And it didn't matter how much I rested my voice. Oh,
0: I'm so sorry. I could... uh,
1: I could get through a seven-minute excerpt narration, so my narrations by KK can continue. I can get through an hour's um, radio show or an hour's podcast, um, but as you can hear from my voice now, it's already it's already gone, and we haven't even been talking for an hour yet, and it's already gone. But I can't even get through one song. Oh, because. You, you have a special way of breathing and a special way of um, using your throat for singing than you do with talking. And so it takes more effort when you sing, which when you have problems with the muscles in your throat, um, I can't get through half a song. And I've tried and like I said, it doesn't matter how much I, I rest up my voice. Um, singing is it a no-no anymore. And I felt like that was the, the last thing that I had that I really enjoyed.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh,
1: that being taken away from me. Has It's um, truly broken me more than anything else that I've been through. Anything else that I'm suffering from, that has hit me the most, because, uh, singing meant so much to me and. I got so much enjoyment from it. and um, like I said that's that's gone now. So I don't know what the future holds for me, I know, but I know that every year something else is gonna go on top of that growing list. and I just have to stay strong for my family. Mm-hmm. And, and get through it and keep doing, keep doing what I do with, like, um, I work uh, with other authors and I help them with their books, promotion and marketing and stuff. And I have my podcast, which is a YouTube show and an audio sh- podcast. And I absolutely love doing them and I love helping the authors. And I feel like that's the path I should have been on always doing this and that it goes gives me a lot of pleasure and it gives me a lot of um especially when I get feedback and I I had this message on Twitter yesterday from one of my old clients just to say you know how amazing I was and if anyone needed help to contact me and and that was just blew me away when things like that happen it just makes me know that I'm doing I'm following the right path I'm doing the right right thing and, um, it to have those
0: messages. It even right brightens your day, even, even your day?
1: <laughs> you know, going through all this and coping with everything that I cope with, um, still being able to get up in the morning and work 10 hours a day, helping other people, um, still being around my family. Um, my husband made an extension so I have my bedroom on the floor so I don't have to climb up the stairs anymore to get up to the top landing because it was really difficult for me. So he built this actual extension for me just so That's I didn't beautiful. have to use the stairs. He's just he's uh, amazing. That sounds
0: like a wonderful guy.
1: Uh, my my youngest daughter, she's 11. She's like my nurse. She knows all my medication, when I'm supposed to take it. She She knows how much I'm supposed to take. She'll She'll come in and she'll say, have you done this today, mummy? Have you done your insulin? And and she's just fantastic. My other girl, she's off to university soon, so she'll be leaving home. And I will miss her lots. And um, that's going to be hard with her not being here. But um, when I do go out, whether I go out on a ride on my bike or to Cavos when it's open again if it ever opens again (laughs) hopefully this summer at least for a couple of months we hope tourists will come over Uh, or I even go for a walk around the village I don't go on my own I can't go anywhere on my own I have to have someone with me Hmm. so yeah (laughs) that's um basically um my life That's, that's what's happening and as I spoke to you before we started recording, Greece uh, doesn't accept fibromyalgia as a health um, illness, health condition. So I retired not due to not being able to work because of fibro. I actually retired because of diabetes. Wow. They'll allow you to retire with diabetes. When people can work with diabetes, but they yeah. won't allow you to retire with fibromyalgia that actually stops you working. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just doesn't it doesn't make nothing does makes sense in this world. It really doesn't. And then there's no over, over in the UK. There's disability benefits and health benefits and what have you. In Greece, there's nothing. You work or you don't. So I'm retired. Uh, what five years ago now, maybe more. And uh, author Assist has been going for five years, so uh, that that brings in a, a little bit of uh, pocket money. Uh, the medication I'm on now, I take about fifteen pills a day. Uh, I don't think they're working because I don't feel any different.
0: Yeah, um, I had that's the problem, medications.
1: It's is you have to you have to keep. your body gets used to it too quickly now and so you need to try something new and see if that works um I went I had pain management um (laughs) at the hospital Uh, they were amazing uh, oh no they were amazing
0: I had pain management it was horrible
1: (laughs) oh no they oh no it was horrible but they were amazing (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she she was looking after me when it came to the medication, so she changed a few things. But I started having these injections, and she would unfortunately put these injections exactly where the pain was. And oh my god, I would I, scream, I, I would cry, and it would be I, like fifteen it, it, injections a
0: time. Oh, see, I can relate. I did that too, but I only but did. They, but they it worked. It, it, it didn't work for me. It was horrible. I, it didn't
1: work for me at the beginning. It, I, at the I beginning, cried. it didn't
0: work. I was so much pain. I, I, The blood sugar would drop. They were like, well, you kept cookies and juice and stuff too. But I was, would be so lightheaded. And of course, it was um, awake.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, they do while you're awake. They want to hear you scream. But yeah, no, um, I, I say that they were brilliant because I felt like they really gave a damn. They really cared about me, you know, compared to the other doctors. And it wasn't private, so they weren't making extra money from me. And they were treating me like they, they cared. Um, but it took um, three winters, I think, of pain management. Um, and it didn't look like anything was working. And then when I stopped, that's when it started working and the pain in my shoulder and my legs got better and I was able to get off the bed and get up in the morning and walk around. And now I still need a stick when I'm doing long distance. Um, I can't brush the floor with them or mop the floor without having really bad pain on top of my neck and my back. Um, so it's, it's better than it was definitely but it's what you've got fibromyalgia for life and there's nothing that can help you get a, rid of uh, fibromyalgia or any of the symptoms that come with it the restless syndrome the chronic insomnia the fibro fog the everything else that that comes with it and so I think half of the medication I'm taking doesn't work anymore but I worry that if I stop taking them that I'll be hit with a, a an attack, which I haven't had for so long. You know, one of those ones where you just cannot get out of bed that day. Yeah. I, I think, haven't had one of those for so long. Yeah. And I think, I feel, yeah, yeah, I
0: think the medications, it's, they get sort of like, it's scary once you're on so many to get off of them. Well, I mean like I could help without well, some expert medical doctors helping you to get off of that.
1: I mean, I can slow down, I can start slowing down on them. But like I said, I worry because I've been I haven't been pain free, of course, but because I've been um I've had no uh I can't remember what we used to refer it to now. Not attacks. What do we refer it to when we have one of our flares? flare up there we go. It's been over years since I've had a flare up that I worry that if I start lowering my medication, it will happen because if unless you have fibromyalgia, you can't describe what a flare up is like.
0: You, I don't think anyone understands what fibromyalgia is unless you deal with it, and that is the thing it's. Not something people see, so when you get set, told, well, it's all in your head. People with fibromyalgia start to think, "Well, I'm not going to say anything, or I'm not going to p- complain because <laughs> my I, I hate, again. I hate
1: that. I, I never, I never had that. Uh, I've, I've been, I had with the physio. You know, or you go physio, you'll be fine. Or go for walk, you'll be fine." And it doesn't matter me telling them I can't walk because I'm in too much pain. Oh, you'll be fine. Just go for a little walk. And you just can't. doesn't matter how many times you tell them that. You cannot walk. You cannot sleep. Um, yes, but you 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 read. Yeah, I read because I'm laying there awake all night. Of course, I'm going to do something. Yeah, but you read. I'm like, yeah, but. And so it's because I'm reading that I'm not sleeping, apparently. But you know what it's like when your body is ready to sleep it will sleep. You will fall asleep. It won't allow you to stay up if your body needs to sleep. Well, I don't even get that. I'm either wide awake or I've just conked out. And and if I do conk out, it's one of those uh, two seconds or or one minute uh, naps that you suddenly wake up from and you're wide awake and that's it. That's your sleep for the next 24 hours. You know, it's uh, it's like you've got insomnia, but then you've got the other side of it where you've, um, what's that thing called where you keep dropping off? Mm. Oh, what's that? Oh, narcolepsy.
0: Na- narcolepsy?
1: Yeah, I think it's narcolepsy or something like that. I film, get this, it's so freaky, I film myself, I was doing a uh, narration,
0: yeah. and
1: I film myself reading, and I saw myself on camera, close my eyes, keep talking, and then yeah. suddenly wake up again, right. and, and carry on like nothing happened, and I caught that on camera, oh, yeah. and it was just so freaky to see it. Yeah. And... And, and that's scary because I could be on my bike and it could happen, you know, so yeah, but that's just, that's the scary part. But um, so, yeah, uh, the only other thing I have to tell you is that um, I told you I had a really good team at the the hospital, a neurologist, um, psychologist, my diabetic doctor, pain management, and I was feeling good seeing them every winter and then my doctor and my neurologist left and um, another one came and uh, we got an appointment to speak to him and see about my medication and what have you and we walked in we sat down he looked at me he says there are some doctors that believe in fibromyalgia and there are some doctors that don't Mm -hmm. and I looked at him and I said you don't He went no How can you have a neurologist doctor looking after your fibromyalgia and caring about you when he doesn't believe in the damn illness? Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, this is how our.
1: So, of course, I never went back and uh, had to go private again. More money. Right. Yep. Well, so you. <laughs> that's it. That That's, uh, that's, uh, that's what uh, life is like over here. And uh, no friends and illness one after another. Things just keep on coming up every single year over the top. And uh, I'm still got a smile on my face. I'm still getting out of bed in the morning. I'm still doing what I can on good days and making sure that my family knows when I'm having a bad day to... Right. No, Just let me rest. I need it, you know. Um, but the, the thing that's really kicking my butt more than anything is the insomnia.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for being so real and sharing your story. <laughs> I mean, <Sorry> for- <laughs> <laughs> I think honestly, I think you're this, the audience needs to send this to their family and friends to hear the, your journey with fibromyalgia, and maybe they could actually relate to. Well, they can't really relate to the person who has. They know has fibromyalgia, but they can at least be a little more nicer about it,
1: understand about it more. Yeah, because understand, understand about it. If you're not going to listen to your own member of the family about what's I, happening to them, hear it from somebody else. Yeah, I hope the that people that listen to this podcast, I don't want people feeling sorry for myself. I've done that. I, I, I don't want that. <laughs> I, I want people to know that no matter, you know, I'm, I'm going to swear now. Uh, no matter that's the okay. shit, no matter the shit you go through. Right. Um, you, you have to keep going. I know uh, many people, exactly have given up. Exactly. Uh, many people would have given up a long time ago without having all of this added on all these other things added on to just to make it even worse. And it's not just fibro now, you know, it's, it's just so many more health conditions. And now, like I said, with my throat going as well, that's just a piece you know, the icing on the cake, as they say, what, what's next for me? Who knows? I'll tell you next winter. I'm sure I'll have some things to say. Well,
0: thank you. You're such an amazing person. I love that. You, aren't giving up and i can't i can't i've got an amazing family You're right got,
1: uh, you know people that rely on me um my the the people my virtual friends that i've never met on facebook have been there for me from the beginning
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when i need them they're there and um that's that 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 keeps me going my family keep me going my job keeps me going um and no I'm I'm not ready to 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 give up yet not yet
0: <laughs> so where where can everyone find you if they want to connect with you
1: well I'm on Facebook um because of my business and my writing I'm a published author of 13 books award-winning author I might add um, wow,
0: congrats.
1: Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, 13 books, all different genres. So you can find me on Amazon for my books. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Goodreads, um, every social media platform as Carina Gantus. And if there's any authors there that uh, want to come on my podcast and chat about their books, you can find me as uh, Author Assist on Facebook and uh, everywhere else.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much. I'll put that in the show notes. Thank thank
1: you for having me, Amanda. Thank you for listening. Um, Thank you for putting up with my, my tears.
0: No, I think honest. No, it's beautiful that you are so real. I love that. Thank you so much for being so honest.
1: That's fine. Thank you for having me.